0: What a tremendous song and what a great message, the voice of truth. If you're glad to be in the house of the Lord today, give the Lord a hearty praise this morning. Amen? Amen. Chocolate Festival, this is, a, this is a great Sunday. This is our first chocolate festival. Might be my favorite of all year. Amen? Might even beat Christmas. Amen? I'll tell you what. Look to your neighbor and say, glad you're here. Can you do that? Welcome somebody. God bless you. Well, thank you very much for bringing the chocolate. Ladies, some of you, I I already heard, some of you ladies are tremendous chocolate makers. And um, we're looking forward, right after the church service, if you just go right there in the lobby, they got that that beautiful picture, that beautiful spread right here on the big screen of all the chocolate. And uh, now, sometimes I'm I'm sometimes the last one to get over there. So if you see one chocolate left, defend it for me, will you? Save it for the big man. So uh, I'd like to have a piece of that good chocolate. But uh, to be honest with you, I've already cheated. i got a couple of them already on my desk upstairs. So uh, thank God for somebody looking out for me. I appreciate it. Some good stuff. I mean some good, good homemade chocolate. So I appreciate it so very much. And thank you for being with us in the house of God today. And it's always a joy to worship the Lord. Amen. Thank you, praise team. What a beautiful song this morning. Uh, All the songs just really touched my heart, and what a blessing it was. I will surely love that last song, The Voice of Truth. Isn't it true? The devil comes to us and lies to our spirit, and he constantly tells us that we'll never win, we'll never go forward, and that we're doomed. But the voice of truth is, because Jesus has overcome the world, we shall also overcome. Amen? Amen. We shall overcome. Amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise this morning. Give Him the glory. Amen. Let the church rejoice in His goodness. Well, we we've had a tough week. My wife is in Alabama this morning. I had to take her to the BWI airport yesterday. They they said Friday morning her mother, uh, who she's real close to her mom. She talks to her about four or five times a week. Uh, They went into the she's in rehab because she fell and broke a hip not long ago and they went in the room and they found that she wasn't breathing and her heart stopped beating and they did resuscitate her Uh, but she has osteoporosis and her bones are really brittle and they said we're not gonna be able to do this again and uh, so I I put her on the plane to spend some quality time with her mom uh, in her last days and I told her in the car yesterday I said thank you for being a great wife and for uh, standing with me in the ministry and serving years and years away from her mom. And uh, so she told me, she says, it's all for the Lord. I do it for him. And uh, she loves the Lord Jesus. And her mom has been a, a wonderful pastor's wife for 60-some years. Her husband in 2002, uh, I'm sorry, 2004, uh, he was in an auto wreck. And uh, he, uh, they think he possibly had a heart attack, veered to the left side, of the highway and hit an 18-wheeler tanker. And uh, the car blew up, and uh, he was burned to death. And uh, that was a tragic death. She never got over that. And I know if she goes home to be with the Lord soon, that she'll get to be with the man she was married to for 60-some years. And uh, so just just pray for my wife. I appreciate that so much. And she's heavy-hearted this morning because we don't know how much longer that she has with her mom. But we know this... She is a saint on her way to heaven. And soon and very soon, we're all going to pass through that veil, and we're all going to enter into that eternal bliss with Jesus Christ and be with him forever. And I thank God for his eternal salvation and thank God for the assurance that heaven is our home and we can know beyond a shadow of a doubt because what he did for us on the cross, we are secured and settled in the kingdom of God right now. Amen? Amen. God is good. Praise the Lord praise the Lord. Pastor Steve is having a little baby boy. I, I asked God to give me one son. He gave me three girls. And uh, he's got four. When I get to heaven, I'm say, what's with this? What's with this? But uh, I'll tell you what, he's, he's going to have six children. I said, man, you got your own church, dude you got your own shirts. That's a congregation. I mean, it, it's going to be eight of them. Can you imagine that? Eight of them. And uh, Pastor Steve is a wonderful man. Uh, I tell you what, uh, just I've worked with a lot of staff people over the years. That guy is a true blue pastor. He has a love in his heart for people, loves to serve the Lord, and he has an absolute joy to serve the Lord with. And uh, he's, a, he's a natural. Uh, God has a calling on his life. And I'm so thrilled. In fact, this year... We're looking to see him ordained into the gospel ministry officially. So you pray for him as God blesses his new tribe, his new little congregation, as he blends his congregation into our congregation, and God blesses them tremendously. There are three truths that connect you to eternal life. Now, I'm a firm believer that every man can know for sure that when he dies, he can go to heaven. That's the, My number one mission as life is try to help people to know that in this world, in this world, we are all sinners. All of us fall, have fallen down in sin, but there is a way that we can know for sure that heaven is our home. In fact, there are three truths I want to speak to you this morning about that will connect you to eternal life. And in four hours, I'll finish this sermon, and you'll be blessed. Amen. <laughs> And that chocolate will be melted by the time you get out of it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. John chapter 6, verse 29 is our text verse. Jesus told them this is interesting, this most interesting verse in the Bible. This is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. This is the only work that God is concerned about. He's not concerned about you going through ceremonies and rituals and the hocus-pocus of all religious activity. There's only one work God says that's most important for you, and that is to believe in the one that God the Father has sent to this world, and that is His Son, Jesus Christ. I have found that it is a good thing to seek after Jesus Christ. In fact, in our text is the story of the miraculous feeding of the 5,000. It's an interesting story. In fact, uh, the biblical scholars tell us that there were nearly 15,000 because the Bible says that there were 5,000 men. But there were also the wives with those men and their children. There could have been as many as 15,000 people on the side of the mountain that were hungry. And Jesus looked to his disciples and he said, I want you to feed this hungry crowd. And the disciples said, we don't have any money. And plus, we don't have any food to feed these folks. And Jesus said, seek after a provision. And there was this young boy who had two little fish and five little barley loaves And they brought that to Jesus thinking, this is all we have. We've got nearly 15,000 people sitting on the side of a mountain. All of them are hungry. They've been listening to your sermons all day. And these folks are hungry. And Jesus said, give me that little boy's lunch. And the most miraculous thing took place. Jesus prayed over those five little barley breads. He prayed over these two fishes. And as this food passed through his hands, this food dropped into basket after basket after basket. And the disciples took this basket of food and they fed nearly 15,000 people. And the amazing thing is the Bible says that the people were filled, their stomachs were filled, and there were 12 baskets left over. It was a miraculous feeding. It was a shock. And they were so enamored with the power and the ability of Jesus to pro- provide food for thousands of people. The Bible says the very next day, the people were hungry again. And the same crowd came seeking after the Lord. In fact, they found out that he went on the other side of the sea. And the Bible says they jumped on boats and they, they quickly got to the other side because they were hungry. And they, they, they sought after. Jesus. Where is this man who's like a human vending machine? Where is this man that can provide this food? I'm hungry. I need this man to help me. And and the Bible says that the people sought after the Lord Jesus because of what he could do for them. In fact, this crowd found him and they pursued him And as this crowd gathers around Jesus, he questions the motive of them coming to him. And he begins to get to the real issue of those precious folks being connected to eternity. Jesus was no longer concerned about getting their stomachs filled as he was concerned about getting them connected to heaven, getting them connected to eternal life. There are three truths that emerge about connecting us to eternal life I want to share with you this morning that you can't miss. Number one, seek Christ for who he is and not for what he can do for you. Seek Christ for who he is, not for what he can do for you. John 6, 26 says this, Jesus tells the crowd, I tell you the truth, you want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. You see, the people were so obsessed and focused on getting something good to eat, they weren't thinking about the miracle that just took place. They were not thinking about being in the presence of deity and in the presence of divinity, being in the presence of a God who could take five little loaves of bread and two little fish and with the almighty hands he could pray over them and provide food for 15,000 people. They did not stop and consider that the one that was sitting before them was not an ordinary man but rather he was supernaturally given to all mankind. This one that came was virgin born. This one that came was pure and spotless in every way. This one came down from heaven bypassed the sinful corrupt of the blood of man and came with a perfect blood that would make himself an available a sacrifice for the sins of all mankind of yesterday, today, and for tomorrow. This one, the Bible tells us, these folks were blinded by the fact that Jesus Christ is truly the Son of God and has the power to redeem them from their sins. It is amazing to me how the crowd missed the whole point of the feeding of the 5,000. The people were so focused on the food that Jesus provided and the ability Jesus had to feed the thousands of people, they missed the fact that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. They did not connect the dots. You see, they sought Jesus for what he could do for them, not for who he is, God in the flesh, They were so excited about finding someone who could provide a great meal. All along, missing the fact of the real identity of this man called Jesus Christ. And that is so true of our culture today in the 21st century. Many people pursue Jesus Christ because of their immediate need of the moment of crisis. They run to Christ when they're sinking financially. They run to Jesus when their marriage is in trouble. They run to Jesus when their health begins to deteriorate. They run to Christ when they're facing conflict in their career and things look so insecure. They run to Christ when their relationships begin to deteriorate. And sadly, this teaching is rampant in our world today. It deceives people into thinking that their real need is more money, more people, more solutions, when in the fact their real need is eternal life. And that is what Jesus Christ can offer. To Jesus, he is, to to some people, an Aladdin's genie or a cosmic bellhop or some good luck charm to help you when you want to get out of the troubles of life. But blind to the fact that Jesus is the Savior from sin, he is the one who satisfies our soul, whether you're rich or poor, living in a nice home or living in a prison cell. No matter what, Jesus Christ is the all the answers to life. My friend, you haven't lived until the Holy Spirit of God comes inside of you and you walk with Jesus Christ on a daily basis because a personal relationship with Christ makes all the difference in life altogether. It's amazing how people come running and seeking after Christ because they need salvation from a bad experience in life. They believe Jesus has the ability to do amazing things but only see him as what he can do instead of seeing who he really is. This morning, may I share with you that Jesus Christ not only has great power, he is the son of God. He is the only access into the kingdom of God. The world says there are many roads that lead to some supreme being in the sky, but I say to you today, there is only one door. There's only one man. There's only one mediator between God and man, and that's the man, Jesus Christ the Son of God. He is the only way to eternal life. And when you recognize that he has the power to forgive you of your sins and can transport your soul and secure you seated in the kingdom of God, my friends, that's the greatest truth that the church can proclaim today. He is the only hope for eternal life. Number two, here's the second big point. The second great truth that connects you to eternal life. Rise above the physical to embrace the spiritual. Man is made up of three components. Physical body, soul, and spirit. The Bible tells us that when man sinned, the spirit of man, that light went out on him. We today have a soul and we have a physical body. But when Jesus Christ died on the cross... He made it possible for our sins to be forgiven. That means that we now have access in the presence of a holy God. And now that our sins can be forgiven, the presence of God can move into our very being. You see, it is the blood of Jesus that cleans the soul of a man that allows God to come in and dwell in your presence. He can dwell in your very being. Now, when we rise Above the physical to embrace the spiritual, we understand that the spiritual part of man comes back to life. John 6, 27 says this, But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. You see, pursuing only the physical benefits of life will leave you empty and fulfilled. I've been with a lot of people on their deathbed. They have lived for money. They have lived for a big 401K. They have lived for great big retirements. They have lived for financial gain. But the amazing thing about it, when you die, you leave all of it behind. You leave your house. You leave your car. You leave your bank accounts. You leave everything. It has zero, zero eternal value. The only thing that will follow you when you leave this world is your relationship with Jesus Christ and your secured relationship with him in heaven is the inheritance that you'll receive in glory. We all seek happiness and fulfillment, but where are you looking for that fulfillment? Something that they'll find it in financial success or a satisfying career. And they devote themselves to those physical pursuits Others think that they'll find happiness in physical sexual exploitations, but then become slaves to a life of immorality and go from one partner to the next, cursed by the drudgery of sin. Many try to find physical pleasure in alcohol and drugs, and they try to numb themselves from all the pains of life. Some seek happiness through physical relationships. And may I say it's wonderful to have a family, but isn't it true that our families slip away in time because of physical death and sometimes our families can be a source of great pain as solomon makes clear in ecclesiastes any earthly thing that you seek to satisfy the inner void is like chasing soap bubbles once you get it into your hand it falls apart The Bible is clear that our ultimate source of happiness and pleasure is found only in a spiritual relationship with Jesus. When you spend time with God, when you talk to God, when you get up in the morning, it doesn't have to be a two-hour conversation. It can be a brief conversation. But it's spending time with God, calling upon Him, asking Him to help you, asking God to fill you, to to fill the emptiness in your very well-being, depending on His strength to help you throughout the day. Just talking to him, sharing with him the things that worry you, the things that you're concerned about. Just spending time with him and let him give you a resurgence of that peace and joy. In fact, David said this, In the presence of the Lord, there's the fullness of joy. And in your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Jesus told the disciples, These things have I spoken to you that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. You see, we find fullness of joy and pleasures forever when we spend time with a spiritual God. When we spend time with Jesus, he gives us peace, he gives us purpose, he gives us meaning, and a great sense of well-being. Jesus encourages us to spend our energy seeking spiritual life that has eternal values. And as he's looking looking in the face of this crowd, they were like, we want food, we're hungry. Jesus said to himself as he spoke to the folks, what you need is spiritual bread. In fact, John 30, 30 through 36, they answered, Show us a miraculous sign that you want us to believe in you. What can you do? All of our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread to eat. Jesus responds, I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did, and now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, this is what he says, I am the bread of life whoever comes to me will never be hungry whoever believes in me will never be thirsty but you haven't believed in me even though you have seen me they were so focused on having their physical needs met they failed to see the God behind the miracle the God behind the act of grace and mercy what I'm saying to you this morning what you need this morning is more than physical needs What you need this morning is a personal relationship with Jesus. What you need this morning is to spend time with him because he is the one that's going to fulfill you, cause you to be happy, take away your depression, give you faith to walk through the difficult times, to answer the questions that you have in life. He is the one that will sustain you and strengthen you through life. What does that look like for us today to develop spiritual life? we got to read our Bibles Like a man digging for treasures. We've got to wrestle earnestly in prayer as men contending with a dead deadly enemy. We, we've got to take our whole heart to the house of God, and we've got to sit and listen to the Word of God as it's preached and expounded so God can feed our souls. We've got to fight daily against sin and the world and the devil that wants to rob and to steal and destroy everything good in our life. These are the ways that we've got to walk in the way of the Lord, and we've got to labor and labor and work Work hard after the spiritual things that God has set before us. God created us to experience more than just a one-dimensional life. He created us with the potential to be totally, completely spiritual and to be filled with all godliness and glory. He wants to build us up in the faith. He wants us to build us to be a people fit for the kingdom of God, established with character and holiness, a people that love him with all of our hearts and our souls and our minds. And then number three, the third way. The third truth that'll connect us to eternal life, and that is to surrender to the complete reliance on Christ for life. He is our sustenance, He is our bread. Without Him, I can't take one step. Without Him, I can't go forward in life. I need Him every moment of my life. How about you? Do you need Him this morning? I need Him. I need him. If you need him this morning, raise your hand and say, I need him. Look to your neighbor and say, as an affirmation, I need Jesus. Amen. John 6, 41 and 42, then the people began to murmur in disagreement because he had said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph? We know his father and his mother. How can he say, I came down from heaven? You see, they were blinded to the fact, even though Jesus had the ability to provide food, they were blinded by the fact that he was the son of God. I talked to a man not too long ago, and he was sh- sharing with me, and we were at the Christiana hospital, and we were standing in the hallway, and I was waiting for someone to, to see someone, and we were talking, he said, was, we were talking, and I had a small New Testament in my hand, and he said, oh, you're, you're a preacher. I said, yes, yes, I am. He said, well, he says, I'm not a preacher, he says, but I, I believe that we need to tell people that there are many wonderful gods that we can turn to. And I thought to myself, well, here's a guy, he's very ecumenical in his beliefs, and I shared with him, I said, well, the Bible teaches us there's only one way. He said, well, that's kind of narrow-minded, and I thought, well, that's a narrow path, Amen. And as he began to share with me, he talked about we've got to be open-minded, very opinionated. We've got to be open-minded that there are many, many gods. We cannot be so narrow-minded to think that there's only one God. There are many gods. I said, well, I only know of one God that actually rose from the grave, and his name is Jesus Christ. As far as... As I'm concerned, all the other gods who've claimed to be gods, who are not gods at all, are still interred in their graves. But there's only one empty tomb today, and that is the empty tomb of Jesus Christ. And as we began to talk, he became very, very miserable, very uncomfortable. And I know what he was thinking there's a narrow minded, Bible thumping preacher. I know what he was thinking. I know, I know. I'd rather be tagged and labeled as a narrow-minded, feeble-minded, Bible-believing, thumping Christian and on my way to heaven, trusting the foundation of Jesus Christ than the gods of this world. Amen? Amen. As we were talking, he began to share, me that Jesus Christ was only human. He said, well, there's no really proof that Jesus rose from the grave. And I said, yeah, there were 500 witnesses. In a courtroom, one eyewitness, one eyewitness has great leverage and power, but there were 500 witnesses when Jesus Christ arose from the grave. And as we talked, he began to share with me of his disbelief. Jesus was a human just like everybody else. I said, no, he was virgin-born. He said, well, that's what your Bible says. I said, well, the Bible is God's written word. And you could tell that this guy was influenced by the lies of the devil all the way through. And I thought to myself, as I sat there, I thought, you know what? This man is already determined in his mind and soul that he is going to reject the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And let me say something. To you this morning. The only work that God said that it's the most important work for you to do is to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And let me share something with you. The only way that you can go to heaven, my friend, is to believe that Jesus Christ was virgin born, that he was born in a state of absolute perfection. He is God in the flesh, and when he died on the cross, his blood was so potent and so powerful that it could wash away the sins of all mankind from all times. And if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, my friend, the assurance that your soul is saved and sealed forever is found in the precious work of the cross of Jesus Christ. That's the only way. Jesus teaches about one of the most controversial and misunderstood lessons in the Bible, that man must feed off the truth of the substitutionary death of Jesus on the cross. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, he cried, it is finished. He wasn't talking about his life. He was saying, I'm offering myself as a sacrifice. The blood that I'm shedding from this cross is so powerful that it can wash away the sins of all mankind. For whosoever will. For whosoever will may come. All of those who believe, all of those who confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus, that he arose again from the dead, that he is the power to save, all of those who confess that can receive salvation and receive eternal life. And there comes a time in our life that we must rely on the total work and the sufficiency of Jesus Christ It means to consume the work of the sufferings of the death of Christ on the cross and trusting him to apply the work of connection, forgiveness, and acceptance for our souls. Jesus said that the result of coming to him is that we will not hunger, we will not suffer mentally and emotionally, we shall not suffer in a place of hardship, we'll come to realize that it is Christ that basically speaks to our spirit, that all will be well, that he controls our life in his hands. Jesus becomes our everything. He becomes my lawyer, my advocate. He becomes my bread of life. He sustains me. He is my chief cornerstone when the storms howl against me. He is my good shepherd that leads me when I don't have a clue where to go. He is my indescribable gift when I feel like I'm worthless. He is my soon and coming king. He is my mediator. He is my mighty one. He is my peace. He is my my risen Lord. He is my door into eternal life. He is my way. He is my truth. He is my life. He is the perfecter of my faith. He is my beloved bridegroom. He is my, praise God, my deliverer. He is my great high priest. He stands in the altars of God asking for forgiveness. He is my judge. He is my light in my dark hour. He is my coming Messiah. He is my hope. He is my redeemer. He is my rock and he is my victor oh praise his glorious name (laughs) amen (laughs) praise his name jesus christ the new relationship with christ moves us to continue to feed off his holy nature which builds us up in our newfound faith Just like we need physical food to grow, we come to Christ daily to feed and to pull from his spirit and his character to grow spiritually. It's interesting in the Bible when people that were broken, people that were so needy, when they would reach out and touch the garment of Jesus, Jesus would often say, I feel the virtue leaving me, going into that soul. Every time I pray, every time I call upon the Lord, virtue leaves him and comes into me. Amen. The virtue of Jesus resurges into my spirit god blesses me he strengthens me just the other day i woke up about four o'clock in the morning and i have anxiety and i worry about this and i worry about that and i knew that the only way that i was going to have peace of mind is i just call upon the lord i got out of bed i knelt by my chair by my bed and i said lord i'm worried i'm troubled and i spent about 30 minutes with the lord and just pouring my heart out to him and i asked god Help me, help me. In just in a few moments, that peace, wonderful peace, God just spoke to my spirit. In that dark room, I sensed his hand on my shoulder. I felt his breath on the side of my cheek. I heard him speak to my spirit. And it wasn't long before I was humming the words, it is well, it is well with my soul. What you need, you don't need tranquilizers. You don't need all the depressant drugs. What you need is to go on your knees and say, Jesus, let your virtue flow through me. Pull from him. Feed from him. He desires to lift you up and strengthen you. Give you answers to the problems that you're perplexed with life. Seek him. Pursue him. And he will bless you. He'll fill you with happiness. He'll fill you with the joy of the Holy Spirit. You'll get filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Love and joy and peace and strength will come to you. You can stand to your feet and say, I don't know everything about my life, but I know about the one who knows all about my life. And he will give you strength. Jesus said this to the crowd. The greatest work that you can do, the greatest work that you can do is to believe in me. Let's pray. With every head bowed and every eyes closed. I encourage you this morning to receive Jesus. If you're here today and you're like, preacher.